Welcome to the Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care podcast. Why does this topic matter? One person in the United States dies from a drug overdose every six minutes. We as healthcare providers must do better to treat addiction, prevent overdoses, and improve the lives of our patients and their families. This podcast is designed to provide you with simple and evidence-based information on substance use disorders that you can use to take better care of your patients on your next shift. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Addiction in Emergency Medicine and Acute Care. Dr. Casey Grover, happy to be back again as your host. This episode is on the topic of buprenorphine in the perioperative setting. We recently had a meeting at my hospital with anesthesia and surgical services to determine the best way to manage patients on buprenorphine who require surgery. To prepare for this meeting, I did a bit of a dive into the literature so that I would be able to speak intelligently on the topic, and I learned enough that it turned into a podcast episode. As always, we want to keep this podcast evidence-based, so we'll go through a few great papers that I found on the topic. I started with a paper from Regional Anesthesia and Pain Medicine in 2021 entitled, Buprenorphine Management in the Perioperative Period, Educational Review and Recommendations from a Multi-Society Expert Panel. The lead author was Lynn Cohan. The authors begin the introduction section with a review of the seriousness of opiate use disorder in general, as well as in the United States, along with the benefits of medication-assisted treatment for opiate use disorder. I like this quote in particular, quote, now more than ever, physicians, including anesthesiologists and acute pain specialists, should consider medications for opiate use disorder for patients with opiate use disorder, end quote. They continue in the article by laying out the diagnostic criteria for opiate use disorder and highlight the need for more physicians to be able to treat substance use disorders. I got to be honest, I really wasn't expecting this in a paper about surgery. This is fantastic. The introduction section then pivots to more of a discussion, as expected, about opiates and surgery in general. The authors highlight that opioids are often part of post-surgical care, which can lead to persistent opioid use and the potential development of an opiate use disorder. They also note that in patients with an opiate use disorder, the use of full agonist opioids like oxycodone or morphine may put the patient at risk for recurrence or worsening of the active opiate use disorder. The authors then move on to discuss the pros and cons of methadone and buprenorphine, which we know well at this point in this podcast, and the authors end this section with their goal for this paper. Quote, The purpose of this multi-society collaborative document based on literature review and expert opinion, is to serve as an educational resource for physicians focused on recognizing and managing opiate use disorder in the perioperative period, end quote. In terms of the methods of this paper, this comes from a multi-society working group that was organized by the American Society of Regional Anesthesia and Pain Medicine. They assembled a 10-member working group from multiple professional societies, including the American Society of Addiction Medicine. 
they reviewed the literature on the topic and ultimately developed recommendations for the management of buprenorphine and opiate use disorder in the perioperative period. Interestingly, all 10 members of the panel were in 100% agreement for all of the recommendations. The article is quite lengthy, so we'll hit a few key points before we jump in to the final recommendations. First, the authors realize that treating opiate use disorder matters. I love this quote. Quote, medical management of opiate use disorder saves lives, end quote. They call for increased education for anesthesiologists and pain physicians to recognize and treat opiate use disorder and for a reduction in stigma against patients with opiate use disorder. They also highlight here that hospitalization may be a key time for the initiation of Medication for Addiction Treatment, or MAT. Second, the authors go into the pharmacology of buprenorphine, which we've obviously covered quite a few times on the podcast. The authors highlight that buprenorphine is an extremely effective analgesic, but when patients are on maintenance doses of buprenorphine, there still may be some mu opioid binding sites available for the use of full opioid agonists on top of the buprenorphine for pain control. The authors also highlight the need to maximize non-opioid and non-pharmacological pain relief after surgery too. The authors move forward to a little more of the nitty-gritty details on this topic. Buprenorphine has a half-life of 24 to 48 hours for sublingual administration, and previous guidelines have recommended tapering off of the buprenorphine several days before surgery to allow the use of full opioid agonists around surgery for pain relief with an ultimate plan to return to buprenorphine after surgery. However, the authors report that they think this recommendation to discontinue buprenorphine around surgery was actually more a result of the challenges of managing pain in opioid-tolerant patients rather than a specific problem with buprenorphine in the perioperative setting. They reiterate that there is emerging evidence that buprenorphine in combination with full agonist mu-opioids can treat perioperative pain. And ASAM, that's the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM's 2020 guideline, the National Practice Guideline for the Treatment of Opioid Disorder, states, quote, discontinuation of methadone or buprenorphine before surgery is not required. Higher potency intravenous full agonist opioids can be used perioperatively for analgesia, end quote. The authors move on to make a firm stance in their recommendations for what to do on this topic. Quote, Based on pharmacokinetic studies and other available literature, it is our recommendation that buprenorphine should not be routinely discontinued in the perioperative period, end quote. However, the authors do recognize that there is no consensus on what to do with buprenorphine in the perioperative period as far as the dosing. They do offer a few suggestions based on the consensus of this expert panel. Number one, continue buprenorphine at the patient's home dose unless inadequate pain control necessitates a change. Number two, for patients at buprenorphine doses over 16 milligrams daily and who are anticipated to have extremely high analgesic needs after surgery, a taper down to 16 milligrams daily could be considered to free up opiate receptors for full agonist opioid analgesic therapy. Number three, any changes to the buprenorphine regimen around surgery should be discussed with the buprenorphine prescriber. And number four, 
if full agonist opioid therapy is needed on top of buprenorphine, opioids with a high affinity for the opiate receptor, such as hydromorphone and fentanyl, should be used. Additionally, the authors reiterate the need to maximize non-opioid and non-pharmacologic therapies in addition to buprenorphine for post-operative pain relief. One point that the authors make that ASAM also teaches is that buprenorphine dosing intervals can be varied to help with pain. For the management of opioid use disorder, buprenorphine can be dosed as infrequently as daily to prevent withdrawal and cravings. Buprenorphine is a potent analgesic, but the analgesic properties are shorter acting. So the analgesia from buprenorphine can be increased by taking the total daily dose and providing it at shorter intervals. For example, a patient with opiate use disorder may be stable on 16 milligrams a day without experiencing any withdrawal or craving. This could be changed to 4 milligrams QID with the same total daily milligrams to prevent withdrawal and craving, but the increased frequency of dosing will significantly improve pain relief. Back to the article. The authors finish with some formal recommendations, again based on this expert panel consensus. Number one, buprenorphine should not be routinely tapered or discontinued before surgery. Number two, use multimodal analgesic therapy on top of buprenorphine for perioperative and postoperative pain. Examples would include NSAIDs, acetaminophen, nerve blocks, lidocaine infusions, gabapentin, TENS, ICE, etc. Number three, if post-operative pain cannot be controlled with the regimen just outlined, again, that's maintaining the buprenorphine and maximizing multimodal therapy, full agonist opioids can be used on top of the buprenorphine to manage pain. Opioids with high affinity for the opioid receptor are recommended, such as hydromorphone and fentanyl. And number four, the provider that is managing the patient's buprenorphine should be involved in planning the analgesic regimen around surgery. The authors also recommend that for patients with an untreated opioid use disorder, hospitalization may be a great time for induction on to buprenorphine. They have a section on how to induce patients on buprenorphine, but I won't go into that since we've already covered that in quite a bit of detail on previous episodes. Okay, so that was pretty definitive as far as a recommendation from this paper. Treat opioid use disorder. Avoid discontinuing or tapering buprenorphine around surgery. Use multimodal therapy as an adjunct to buprenorphine for postoperative pain. And you can add in full agonist opioids as needed. Now, what else is out there in the medical literature? I found another article pretty quickly in the Journal of General Internal Medicine from 2021. The title is Treating Perioperative and Acute Pain in Patients on Buprenorphine, Narrative Literature Review and Practice Recommendations. The lead author is Megan Buresh. This paper opens very cleverly with some case presentations after a brief introduction on the topic. They present a 24-year-old patient on Suboxone who requires a dental extraction and a 36-year-old patient on Suboxone who requires debridement for a spinal osteomyelitis. And they ask the question, how should the pain after the procedure or surgery be managed? And just after these case presentations, they point out that many providers will taper patients off of buprenorphine before surgery, 
up to two weeks before surgery. And while this does work, there is an increased risk of relapse on other opioids and even overdose. So the authors decide in this paper to review the literature on the topic and to come up with what they believe is the best answer on the topic of what to do with buprenorphine in the perioperative setting. The authors move on to discuss the mu opioid receptor, which is helpful to understand when trying to parcel out the right answer for this topic. It turns out that sublingual doses of buprenorphine up to 16 milligrams occupy 79 to 95% of mu opioid receptors, while doses above 24 milligrams occupy up to 95% and higher of mu opioid receptors. If you're wondering how we know those percentages, stay tuned for the next paper. They also highlight that buprenorphine has a higher binding affinity at the mu opioid receptor than any other opioid. Buprenorphine also dissociates from the mu opioid receptor slowly, leading to its long half-life. The authors next move on to describe what they found when they did their literature review. Unfortunately, there's not as much literature as we would like. They found case reports and case series, totaling 17 patients. They summarized these cases in Table 1 of the article, which you can check out if you like. Most of the reported cases involved keeping people on buprenorphine and using full agonist opioids and multimodal pain treatment. They also found five studies comparing pain control postoperatively in patients maintained on buprenorphine versus other strategies. Two of the studies were on postpartum women, and the authors summarized those studies by saying, quote, These studies suggest that maintenance of buprenorphine does not introduce significant complications to pain control after vaginal or cesarean delivery compared with those unexposed to opioids, end quote. They found three additional studies looking at analgesic requirements for patients with opiate use disorder on buprenorphine versus those on methadone, who were undergoing surgery, vaginal delivery, or C-section. There was no significant difference between the post-operative pain for patients on buprenorphine or methadone in those studies. So taking all of the information in these studies into account, the authors move on to make some recommendations. Number one, continue buprenorphine in the perioperative period for patients with opiate use disorder who are on buprenorphine. The authors do acknowledge that more research is needed, and their practice is to continue buprenorphine without dose reduction. Number two, use a multimodal analgesic approach. The authors recommend using multiple pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic analgesic treatments, such as regional anesthesia, acetaminophen, ketamine, gabapentinoids, NSAIDs, mind-body therapies, etc. As a part of a multimodal approach to pain, Buprenorphine and short-acting full agonist opioids can also be used. They recommend, as we discussed previously, dividing the total daily dose of buprenorphine into smaller aliquots given at shorter intervals to maximize the analgesic effects of buprenorphine. When full agonist opioids are needed for breakthrough pain, doses will need to be higher than in patients not on opioids. The authors give the example of 5 milligrams of oxycodone for a patient not on buprenorphine versus 10 to 15 milligrams of oxycodone for a patient on buprenorphine. And number three, 
perioperative care of patients on buprenorphine should be multidisciplinary and individualized based on the unique needs of each patient. The buprenorphine prescriber should be included in creating the perioperative care plan. Okay, we're two for two here. This second paper recommends the exact same thing as the first paper. Avoid discontinuing or tapering buprenorphine around surgery. Use multimodal therapy as an adjunct to buprenorphine for postoperative pain, and you can add in full agonist opioids as needed. Just to round out our literature review on this topic, I found a third article on this topic, which was entitled Perioperative Management of Buprenorphine, Solving the Conundrum. The lead author was Aurora Naafoli Kwae, and the article was published in Pain Medicine in 2019. This paper was a review of the available literature on periprocedural management of buprenorphine in patients with opiate use disorder. It's worth noting that this paper is two years older than the second paper we just reviewed in this episode with the same methodology, namely a literature review. So we'll skip ahead to the discussion and conclusions to see what else we can learn on this topic as the methodology was very similar to the second paper. The authors begin their discussion section by reviewing the pharmacology of buprenorphine along with the different formulations of buprenorphine, which again, we are all getting pretty familiar with. The authors also point out that patients with chronic opioid use, even on buprenorphine, have two issues that make perioperative pain care even more complicated. First, patients have, after chronic opioid use, tolerance to opioids, which means that increased dose of opioids may be needed. And second, patients may have, after chronic opioid use, opiate-induced hyperalgesia. These two issues have made parceling out the answer to the question, what is the best way to manage patients on buprenorphine who require surgery, more complicated, as it can become difficult to determine when pain is not controlled, what is the culprit? Is it the opiate-induced hyperalgesia? Is it the bup blocking the effects of the full agonist opioid? The water gets a little muddy, which is likely why there has been so much controversy on this topic. The authors move on to discuss opioid receptor availability in patients who use buprenorphine. We briefly touched on this in the second paper, and this third paper provides similar information. For patients on buprenorphine over 24 milligrams daily, there are few remaining opioid receptors still available. However, for patients at 8 to 12 milligrams daily, there are about 20% of remaining opioid receptors still available. And if you're wondering how scientists figured this out, they used carfentanil PET scans. I didn't even know that was a thing. So based on their literature review, including their review of the pharmacology of buprenorphine and the physiology of opioid receptors, these authors developed a protocol on how to manage buprenorphine in the perioperative setting at their institution. They involved 20 clinicians at their institution to develop this guideline. And here is what they came up with. Number one, they do not discontinue buprenorphine. Number two, they recommend multimodal treatment approaches to perioperative analgesia consistent with the two previous papers. Number three, they use full agonist opioids on top of buprenorphine for breakthrough pain. Number four, however, 
they do in some circumstances taper the buprenorphine to lower doses to allow for increased effects of full agonist opioids when there is the anticipation of moderate to severe postoperative pain. They have a specific algorithm that they follow which you can look up. The paper is free on PubMed. They agree with the authors of the first paper that a dose of 16 milligrams of buprenorphine is an amount at which there is still an adequate effect of buprenorphine, but there will be enough free opioid receptors still available that full agonist opioids will be effective. So they taper all of their patients over 16 milligrams of buprenorphine daily down to 16 milligrams before surgery. And number five, start preparing for surgery early in patients on buprenorphine working with a multidisciplinary team, including the buprenorphine prescriber, to develop a care plan for the patient. This paper has a slightly different perspective from the first two, but I think the take-home is the same. Continue bup in the perioperative period, use multimodal therapy, use full agonist opioids for breakthrough pain, and take a multidisciplinary approach. Now, if you remember from the beginning of the episode, the whole reason I wrote this episode was because I had a meeting with anesthesia and surgical services to determine the best way to manage patients on buprenorphine who require surgery at my hospital. You might be wondering how that went. I started by asking one of the addiction medicine doctors at our hospital and he told me he tapers every one of his patients off of buprenorphine and on to full agonist opioids around surgery which I thought was surprising given that the literature recommends the opposite. I shared the literature that we reviewed in this episode with him and we discussed the topic at length and we'll see if he changes his practice. In the meantime, when I presented the information that we've learned together on the topic of perioperative buprenorphine to anesthesia and surgical services, my colleagues at my hospital were very receptive to the information and wanted to work together on developing a multidisciplinary protocol for perioperative buprenorphine at my hospital. As such, we are currently in the process of writing said protocol and I look forward to getting it done. So at this point, I think we can start putting together some of our own take-home points on how to manage perioperative pain in patients on buprenorphine. Here we go. Number one, buprenorphine saves lives in patients with opiate use disorder. We as medical providers need to do a better job of identifying patients with opiate use disorder and providing treatment including buprenorphine. Number two, patients on buprenorphine for opiate use disorder should be continued on their buprenorphine through the perioperative period. Number three, a multimodal approach for pain relief should be used in patients on buprenorphine in the perioperative period. Maximize the use of both pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic therapies. Number four, buprenorphine in and of itself provides analgesia and should be part of a multimodal pain regimen. Dividing the total daily dose of buprenorphine into smaller aliquots given at shorter intervals will maximize the analgesic effects of buprenorphine. Number five, full agonist opioids can be used in addition to buprenorphine for breakthrough pain after surgery as buprenorphine does not occupy all opioid receptors. 
use opioids with a high affinity for the opioid receptor, such as fentanyl or hydromorphone, and higher doses will likely be required as compared to those used for patients not taking buprenorphine. Number six, for patients at buprenorphine doses over 16 milligrams daily and who are anticipated to have extremely high analgesic needs after surgery, a taper down to 16 milligrams daily could be considered to free up opiate receptors to allow for better use of full agonist opioid analgesic therapy. And number seven, any changes to the buprenorphine regimen around surgery should be discussed with the buprenorphine prescriber. Use a multidisciplinary approach. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thanks very much for listening and for what you do. And don't forget, treating substance use disorder saves lives.